All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Eighth Note Sessions. I'm Devin Mullen. And I'm Mike Shamil. And today we have a very interesting guest, Danny Crumbless of Squeeze and Thanks. How are you doing, Danny? Hey, guys. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. So, Danny is a fascinating character in the music scene. He is a bit of a late arriver, uh, if if his own story is to be believed. Apparently, he didn't start until he was 30, but I, I don't know. I, I think there's something intrinsically musical about him. I think he had the song in his heart the entire time. Somewhere, some like video of him like when he's like 22 is going to like surface. It's going to be some really pixelated, shaky, like, you know, like flip phone video. It's going to be like, ha! Huh? No, we're yeah, no, we found you out. No, I mean, I, I, I have been playing the accordion um, about nine years now, um, but I haven't been pursuing it um, until like the last two. Like I didn't, I didn't do, I did my first open mic um, in March of uh, 19. So, so yeah. I think I think the what's really interesting about you, Danny, is that music is obviously a, a big part of what you do, but you are one of the few truly interdisciplinary artists that that I personally know. Uh, you combine film, you combine performative aspects in sort of not not exactly acting, but it's it's very persona based. You and you mm-hmm. have the marketing down and pad you uh you just have a lot of business savvy with it. And it's it's fascinating to see. Um because obviously this is something that you're passionate about, but you you're able to to navigate it so deftly. Mm-hmm. What? Why is that? How 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 do you do that? Um, very early on, I um, after I've made my first video, um, my my first big video where I covered uh, Post Malone's music and and did that, um, I just started like diving deep into learning the aspects of music marketing, and um, I I took uh, two different courses now. Um, not not cheap at all but um it definitely teaches you um it teaches you what what you need to know um how to market your music um how to develop a brand um you know i'm 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 just getting into uh my website now i finally released uh my website uh squeezeandthanks.com and um yeah i'm just kind of like slowly putting all the pieces together um, from the from some of the lessons that I've learned um, in the classes that I that I took early on. So, um, yeah, there was definitely a level of strategy to it. I knew, you know, being 30 years old, starting a music career, I have so much I need to catch up on. And um, I, I'm just, you know, kind of doing my best to 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 do that. I think you're doing an excellent job. As far as those lessons go, as a, if permit, I know I know they were rather costly, but maybe as a bit of public charity. Yeah. What would uh maybe two two big lessons, two generic sort of bits of wisdoms for because I I have a difficulty with that for my own music. Uh, the idea mm-hmm. of marketing myself, there's something complicated about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are the first things to consider when navigating that? Um. Let me see. I mean, um, it's there's there's really just so many different aspects to it, and, and it's it's tough for me to say because I'm starting with an unfair advantage. I have years and years and years of video background, so um, for me, my strategy was was video. Um, 
And some of the courses that I took, um, one of the courses in specific was more of like how to, how to, um, it was more of like the, like the viral method on how to make a viral music video and, and get it seen and, and stuff like that. And, um, my whole approach is kind of with that in mind. And I know there's, there's musicians that are just true, genuine musicians that would probably disagree with pandering like that, but that's kind of just all my, my strategy. Um, and I'm just kind of playing on my strong suits, you know what I mean? And, uh, um, I would say that doing covers and stuff, um, it's, it, uh, it makes it easier for me because I'm not a super strong musician and being able to do covers and stuff, the music's already kind of there and it, some songs are harder than others, but I'm learning as I, as I'm going. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can, can narrow it down to like one or two okay, specific well, things, but well, how, when you pick a cover, do you mm-hmm. have like a, a criteria for it? Do you just go with what feels correct? Is it? Yeah. Uh, something that has a melody something that's very <laughs> melody, melody driven. Cause like a lot of pop music, like I'll have people say like, Oh, well, why don't you do this song by this rapper or whatever? And I'll listen to it. And it's like, it's like two notes going back and forth you know what i right. mean and that, that so, kind of music doesn't really lend itself well to like the accordion <laughs> which is by nature a very melodic instrument you really you know it would be boring to be playing basically a a really simple part in repetition on the accordion you know it's it wants to sing you know yeah yeah so so anything that has like dynamics um I also, um, one thing that I'm always on is the Billboard 100, the Billboard Top 100. I'm always looking at that and seeing what's climbing and what's falling. Um, Really doing the viral method, like one big, huge piece of advice um, that I would say is if you're going to do something, do it as quickly as you can. Not not rushing it, like um, you, you still want quality, but the faster you can get a song out or the faster you can discover a song before everybody else discovers it and you can make a video and put the video out, um, it's going to ride this curve that will naturally take it. Whereas um, if you just pick like, you like a song by Journey or something and you just do a Journey song, it's like, yeah, you're going to like, when people maybe search it out, like maybe they'll search like journey accordion and like a ton of people have already done it by then. And you go through the list and your video might show up 20th on the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th- there's definitely an advantage to just watching the trends in music and watching what comes up. Um, so I'm, I'm always just listening for just that, stuff that just kind of makes you feel good. And I can't really put a word on it. I can't really define it, but like, it's just more in here sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it's something that just, just flicks the switch. Like I know um, the song blinding lights by the weekend. When I first heard that, I'm like, there's no way this song is not going to blow up. And it's just sure enough. It's like right at the top now, you, <laughs> you know, um, I, uh, I did want to do a cover to that, but then um, part of what I do is remake music videos as well. Um, those are usually the projects that I like really enjoy. If I, if I, if I remake a video, um, it's because I really love the song. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's something that I'll, I'm definitely going to be doing soon is, is that video. Um, it's just a matter of trying to line up everything we were trying to shoot inside of shades and I'm having trouble figuring out how to do that. 
Well, especially now with like yeah. the lockdown. I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, it's coordinating or everything right now is a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So per- perhaps two two lessons then: uh, be current, yep, and believe in what you're doing. A- actually, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. If you're not enjoying it, or if you're doing it for the other like other reasons, it's it's not going to take off. And um, I don't know. I, I still have so much. I need to do, uh, I have a lot of stuff. I just got to keep making videos really. Um, I've, I put a lot of work into my videos, which is good, but at the same time, I'm not putting out a lot of stuff and to, to get noticed on YouTube, which is really my end goal. Um, you, you need to put stuff out like every yeah. two weeks, every week. Um, and In order uh, to stay up on those trending lists. Yeah. You really do have to kind of keep like, poking that algorithm and keep it's it's almost like bouncing a volleyball you know the moment you stop giving effort it's just going to hit the sand and you, you know you got to start everything back up again yeah yeah i i had a six month i had about a six month break from my last video i did a video in um in october i had that uh six month spell of not being able to play because my shoulder was was injured um and yeah now now i released like two other videos and like it's just you can tell that the performance of the videos is just dropping and dropping because um, it just I wasn't consistent. I was making videos, you know, regularly about once once a month or so, and then um, then I dropped off for six months. And YouTube doesn't like that. So, um, so yeah. le- lesson lesson number three then: understand that there are algorithmic requirements that you need to a certain threshold you need to break right. in terms of how much content you're getting out in order yeah. to actually be visible. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that applies for many platforms, just different degrees. Um, but yeah, I mean, with w- what I'm doing with YouTube, uh, with, with the videos and stuff like YouTube is the platform that I need to be focusing on. Um, and you know, we, we actually shared a, a video you had, you had shot and I, I was an extra in actually uh, the Jen DeSantis unrequited video. Yeah, yeah. Which you had you had picked a couple cool venues out for that. I I was curious what uh when you do a collaborative video, mm-hmm. um, do the artists normally come to you with like a fully just stated idea, or do you offer suggestions? Is it kind of a communication about? Yeah, it? it's. It's, it's kind of like a back and forth. Um, it's kind of like um, managing expectations, um, kind of educating them on like, they might have an idea that like, oh, I want to do this. And it, it, you look at it and it's like, well, we have to rent this location. We need a green screen or we need certain lights. Um, you know, you kind of have to bring people back down, but also yeah. give alternative solutions that build it up in a way where it's like, oh, well, this is maybe not exactly my vision, but I like this because this is like still super cool. So with what Jen wanted to do, um, we added like some other locations. Um, we uh, we kind of like had to like figure out how to like fit locations in. She wanted to shoot at a uh, roller rink. And I was thinking like, well, how can we, what's, what's the story? How do we do that? And um, I thought, well, what if, what if they break in to the roller rink? What if she takes her on this date to the roller rink and, and breaks in and, and shows her this amazing time that nobody would ever experience? And, um, and that's just what we did. We, we got a hold of the, the place and they said that they were cool with us shooting there. And, and we just made it look like they broke in and had the time of their life. I was wondering why they were alone in there. That makes perfect sense. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's real sweet, but 
Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it hard to get like venues to really get on board with shooting music videos? Like, are, are, do they do they see your emails and go like, um, or, or are they generally like pretty supportive? Generally, it's it's most people are pretty supportive. I I, I try and um, I try and link some of the the past work we've done. Um, so if they get a chance to see that, they'll they'll immediately know that this is you know this isn't just like some college project but it's it's you know it's a serious thing and and that uh we we put a lot of time and effort into it but we haven't shot in too many locations um we shot at gypsy parlor for jen's video i've i've done two of my videos at gypsy parlor um i did a a little private show there um for christmas i i i i I tend to use the locations that we have access to yeah Um, Pick the people that you know you've you've had a personal interaction with, because yeah. it's a lot easier to approach a venue when you've actually spent enough time there to actually build rapport with the staff there. Because mm-hmm. then you're not just some like rando coming up and asking them something crazy. You, yeah. you actually have a, a line of dialogue, and you know mm-hmm. I, I sometimes remind people that when they're looking at venues just to even to perform at, you know, it's always good to not just like scout the location online and look it up, but actually get out there and have a few beers there and, and talk to the people there and and you know kind of establish that connection because it's it, it's worth way more than any you know email and and it takes an email or, or a text or a phone call that you've sent and really kind of you know gives a lot more weight to it doesn't it yeah 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 i um yeah i i definitely think that uh the relationship that i have with gypsy parlor is I don't know. Uh, Gabby's Gabby's just super awesome. Um, even the first video that we did there, where she didn't really know us that well, um, she, uh, yeah, she, she was just great. Um, yeah. So, uh, recent projects. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, you're you're still getting over over this, and it, it makes sense. You look at that thing; it looks like an engine block. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, you're you're pretty buff, and it's it's probably ninety five percent the accordion. You know, I get it; it's fine. Do you lift, bro? No, I squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Do you squeeze, yeah. bro? <laughs> yeah, the um, the accordion um, it weighs about thirty pounds, and um, that's just constantly pulling your your shoulders forward and. Um, I, I, uh, when I first got my, my red accordion, which is my main accordion, I cut off the back straps because I wasn't using them very much. And I was doing like a lot of videos where I was like acting and like, like using the accordion and like, I'd have to like throw it over my shoulder real quick or put it on real quick. And, um, it just kind of got in the way and I cut it off and later, like, um, especially like last year as we were going into the winter, my shoulder was just getting so bad that I couldn't, I just couldn't play anymore. And I was like, even sitting down playing was just, mm-hmm. it was too much. So I had to, I had to set it down and, and take some time away and, um, and just get back to the basics of, of, uh, you know, physical therapy and stuff. I, I kind of stopped going to the gym for a little bit. I, I was like so focused on music and making videos and stuff that, I was going to the gym and then like once I started like really leaning into music more, um, I, you know, stopped going. And I think that just the, the lack of going to the gym was catching up to me, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you definitely. It's it's not the it's not the instrument for, you know, for for people who aren't willing to be dedicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has a requirement that yeah, you yeah, really like want to show up and play it on more than one bass. It's it's no, it's no. Oh, I picked that up and, and strum out a few chords once in a <laughs> once a year or two kind of thing. It's 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 a serious man's instrument in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the same time too, like. I don't take it too serious. Like I take my videos very serious, but I don't right. take my music that serious. I'm just having fun with it. And if you really look at like what I'm doing, it's, it's basic stuff, but I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I love making videos and I just really want to, uh, nurture that. So, um, I, I'm linking up with a, a teacher though, and, um, I'm trading one of my accordions to him. He's going to be buying it and uh, he's going to be trading me lessons. So I'm looking forward to just, becoming a better musician but yeah like i said you know at, at age 30 i just kind of you know i want to get going with this you know if i'm if i'm gonna do it i i gotta do it so the there's time. no sense in waiting until i'm perfect until you know what i mean because that I, yeah, might never happen of, you know i mean times times always click you know ticking away yeah and i mean and and we, we live in a world of of you know a major gig economy anyway so you might as well be doing something where being serious and having these moments of of levity and having fun with it are are the requirement you know mm -hmm. yeah so you were telling us also about um a video you were you were I, I mean you really you go whole hog on on your your setups for your cinematography and everything you said that you had like a camera like attached to the bottom of your accordion and you were on yeah. like, an electric skateboard um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I was thinking of, um, I was thinking of this concept of doing, um, attaching a 360 camera to the bottom of the accordion, and the 360 cameras, um, they're on a, they're on a pole, and the the way they work is you you put, you don't tilt the camera like this, like a selfie stick, but you put it straight up and down. It's got one lens on this side, one lens on that side, and it stitches out the body. But if you align it with the pole, it'll stitch out the pole. So I put that on the bottom of my accordion. I had the camera kind of just out in front of me, and I was riding my electric skateboard just because it... Uh, why not? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. If, if I was just standing there and moving around, the camera would kind of be, you know, moving around, and it would be kind of jerky, and it wouldn't look great. But I thought, like, if I'm just standing on this, an electric skateboard going 15 miles an hour that's going to look super cool. And it doesn't like, I've been skateboarding since I was like 14. So it, my balance is pretty good. Um, so it really wasn't difficult to ride and play. Um, but I just, I knew it would, I knew it would look cool. And, and when I got back, it looked way like once I started messing with like the 360 footage, like yeah. it's just, it's insane because when you hit record, you're recording everything and you, right. you pick your angle later, you edit your angle later. Right, um, and, and you can move that around, right? You're not always just looking at the scenery zipping by you. I mean, you could just kind of like, sort of whip it around to like where you're heading, or like, yeah, yep. you know, to so you, you know, if you're running under some trees or something, you can flip it up and and show the trees going overhead and just you know the top of your head and the accordance. It gives you that like really broad set of colors on your palette to paint with, and that's a yeah. really like creative way to say, all right, I'm I'm not just going to make an accordion music video of me skateboarding that looks like every other skateboard music video or video in general that everyone's seen since Tony Hawk 2 like that's a great way to just be like alright I'm going to take some elements that people have seen before but I'm going to really deliver them in a way that nobody's ever thought of before that's really cool yeah 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 I'm always 
always thinking something, trying to trying to do something different. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's lesson number four. <laughs> hey, we're just gonna keep wrapping off yeah, the lessons. Tally them up. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, like, it's like a master class of something. <laughs> so lesson number four is be interdisciplinary and incorporate elements of motion and dynamism, mm-hmm. movement. Where yeah. you can. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. G- that. I g- think generally, I mean, if if you're looking at a video of just like a room and nothing's moving, it's you know what I mean. But if if you're looking at just anything, even like if it's just a wire on like a on a, on a like a, a wire, and there's like a a pair of sneakers or something that's kind of like blowing around in the wind. Like this is this is talking videography, but like things with motion look good. Um, anything with motion usually looks good. So um, yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's a, a general line that runs through your work. Um, we before we we start these interviews, we normally have a, like a, a warm up conversation. And I was trying to make a point, and I, I just don't think I was I was getting there. And that's that's on me. That's that's fine. But basically, you got too esoteric. <laughs> it's it's a you know perpetual problem, man. I can't help it. Um, what is very characteristic of your work, Danny, is is again this this sort of motion, and I I just love how you you incorporate the visual, you incorporate the audio, but all but also the the sort of emotional with it. I mean, you know, you're you're not doing Shakespeare in these videos, of course, <laughs> yeah. but but there is sort of a a joy in in watching you perform and, and watching the work you do, and I I think you bring that you know to full bear. Um, Thank you. Thank you. You know it. You do so much, though. I mean, is it, is it really necessary to have all these different elements to to express yourself, or is it? Uh... Um, no, I mean, it's it, to express yourself. No, um, I'm a very multi-dimensional person. Like, I'm. It's just, I. Yeah, if you look at how how my day go goes about and how I like like get to the end of a task, I'm usually doing like six other things while I'm getting something else done. I'm, I'm always all over the place. And my whole life, I've always been kind of that way. Um, so I have like just very, just different dimensions of, of what I'm doing, the video and, and the music and um, even just a little bit like we talked about earlier, like trying to trying to get the uh, accordion chord chart and everything. It was just, there's always something. And um, I don't know, as long as I'm creating, I'm happy. As long as I have a project in yeah. front of me, I'm happy if you know when I when I don't have something to work on. That's when I start to really have that itch, and uh, it doesn't get satisfied un, until you know I'm releasing something. So, yeah. And some of our best work comes from when we take different talents and passions of ours and find some way to kind of weave them together into one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you, it makes sense to weave your cinematography and your music together. I, I watched um, parts of. Uh, a film you released a few years ago, the Detective Randy Noir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It surprised me is like the rant, like the not not random, but the it, I was unexpected that there were some uh, like music video hip hop elements kind of like woven into the movie, like it, you know, like certain scenes were musical scenes, and yeah. that was like really creative. But it, it showed um, it showed to me that you know you already had that like you know that musical um, flow in the background, kind of you know already working into your cinematography even before you really started to publicly play your accordion because this was what 2014 2015 
when it uh, yeah i think that's about right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's already a couple of years before you you know start showing up at gypsy parlor yeah so it, it shows that you know you already had like those um those ideas kind of um you know like uh marinating back there until you could find a way to really kind of bring them all out and and for mm-hmm. me personally like i i love seeing that kind of stuff i love seeing you know the different things that people um enjoy doing because when they're doing all those things together that's when that's when you see somebody smiling the biggest mm-hmm. as they're as yeah. they're performing or creating something where they're just so in love with that moment because it's all the things that are about them you know mm-hmm. happening all in in symphony so yeah. that's that's a really you know great thing for you to uh pursue you know finding ways to go okay how can i make this more than just another music video on youtube or another person playing in front of a camera it's oh well you know, I really like doing this, and and I have a really funny idea. And oh, you know what? What if the kid like, you know, handed Post Malone a, a can of Axe? You know, what would <laughs> Post Malone's reaction be? What would be on his face in that moment? Yeah. You know, how would I how would I accentuate that moment with my playing? You know, how would I time that to the music to really like give it the most impact? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. By the way, that scene cracked me up. Like the, <laughs> the like the kid just like you know pinching his nose. It's like he's just like what? And it, and I and I remember like how there was that thing going on around where that rumor where everyone's like yeah, Post Malone's kind of gross on tour. So yeah. if we kind of like sprinkle that in there. And yeah, just enough, just enough. Yeah, just yeah. To, just to play with it a little bit, you know. And yeah. uh, and then he just kind of turns it around and uses a can to to burn the the fox puppet in the background and kind of make it sort. Of serious and cinematic yet still playful because it's a puppet you know that that's that was great that was really well thought yeah thank you thank you yeah um when i had that idea i was just like i was i literally had like that aha moment because in the actual video he he kills the fox with a blow with a blow gun like a blowtorch like a huge flamethrower and uh as soon as i made that connection with the axe like the axe is flammable i'm like holy shit i have a i have a, a a torch right here like that that's perfect and it plays off of the fact that at that point in his life he wasn't too hygienic but, um, <laughs> well i hope he's changed his ways now yeah I, I heard he has i heard he has <laughs> so last last couple questions mm-hmm. one for your tastes not as like the the end all be all authority on it but just for for your sensibilities what differentiates a good music video from not a bad music video but maybe an unsuccessful one um if it keeps your attention i think if it if if you scrolled past it you failed like in some way to keep somebody's attention um so uh i'm always now more than ever i'm thinking what can i do in the first few seconds to tie somebody in so um, I just did a video where I was riding the subways uh, uh, down in Buffalo. I was riding the, the Metro rail and um, me and my buddy, Jason, Jason is another uh, filmmaker as well. He does all my cinematography when I can't do it myself. Um, but yeah, Jason was lining up a shot and we were kind of talking back and forth. I'm like, well, you know, if, if, if we don't show me in the beginning, like how are people going to know to stay on, 
to stay on the video until it pans over to me. So he's like, well, what if we have you just walk by real quick? And like, we tied that in and that just, uh. it's enough where it's like, if you, like you see somebody wearing an accordion walking by real quick in so the wait, first, what's, like what's going to happen next. What, what's yeah, going on here? Yeah. You, you see that in the first three seconds, like you might, that might keep you around for 15 seconds. And then the next 15 seconds might keep you around for the next 30, you know? Um, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's an attention thing because everybody's just, everybody has ADHD to some extent now because there's just so much out there that you're competing against and you're competing with somebody's picture of their dinner somebody's picture of their kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, that's, that's, yeah. So if you can, if you can keep somebody's attention, um, that's gonna that's gonna help. It's gonna keep your uh, audi- audience. Uh, it's gonna retain your audience. You know, hopefully to the end of the video, and it'll it'll just yeah. In general, that'll help. So lesson number six. <laughs> yeah. I lost count. Okay. This has been very like. I'm I'm hoping that you know, out of all the people that watch this, some of our more budding musicians in the community, like you know, mm. catch some of these sessions, um, and and you know like learn some things from it because you know that's that's one of the things that's always great about this you know music scene especially here in buffalo there's a lot of raw creative talent you know we were talking a little bit in the last video with mike rachone how we noticed that they're um well you know to finish my original point i hope that some of the younger musicians um like take this and run with it um, mm-hmm. But to my second point, before I, I forget, um, I've noticed that the the music scene and the film scene in Buffalo have a lot of things in common. And lately, I've been finding trying to find ways to see, you know, where the parallels are that can be bridged between the two. And you know, Mike had done the forty eight hour film festival with his daughter and you know some friends, and it was pretty cool. And they ended up ha- just you know it just happens that they. Uh, were given the challenge of making a musical, so he had to score the whole thing, and he had mm-hmm. talked a little bit about his challenges there. But um, you're another person who's kind of like bridging that gap of, you know, the the two very creative scenes in Buffalo that have a lot in common. They use a lot of the same equipment. They have, you know, a lot of the same requirements of keeping people's attention, and they both convey emotion through a, a very dynamic medium. You know, it's not like still art or something. You know, music and video, they are both, they go hand in hand, obviously, but um, they they both have a lot of, like, flow to them. There's a lot of stuff going on, and in a lot of ways, you can really get creative and you know, stirring emotions up in the viewer or slash listener. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I think it's just so fascinating to find someone else that, you know, is already blending those two things together and straddling those two scenes. Because I personally feel that those two scenes should be a little bit more interwoven. I think they benefit a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, I think a lot of people don't um, growing up, like this is a good message for anybody like younger that's still in school. Um, if you're in a class with like video production, like, like that's a very valuable thing. That's an extremely valuable thing that I don't think people realize. Like, uh, we're in TV production. Like I gotta go shoot this like 15 second commercial that'll fill this slot. Like, like that, like, if I didn't have skateboarding, like I learned all my video stuff through skateboarding, through making sponsor me tapes and trying to get sponsored and stuff like that. And you spend two, three days on a trick. You want to be able to see it when you finally get it. 
Um, so all of my teaching was all like my university was like skateboarding. Like I made websites. I had a team. We would go out to skate parks every weekend and make a video and, and, and make these little montages. And um, yeah, like if I didn't have that, like the only other way I would have been exposed to it is in school. And that's where people are exposed to it. And I, I really can't stress enough, like how, how much, how much it's helped me like being able to make good video and, and, and everything that surrounds that, like with even making a website, uh, knowing how to take a photo, knowing how to create um, images by, you know, manipulating the camera settings. Yeah. Um, there, there's, such a benefit to that and if you do know how to do that stuff you're then valuable to somebody else who does it therefore it'll set you up for a trade and like with me and jason the guy who does all my video stuff i'll help him on his video projects and he helps me with mine so like that's like invaluable like you know what i mean to to get a level of 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 um quality like if you if you if you connect with the right people um it, it can take you so much further than, than anything else. Like, um, so yeah, having some sort of like media related trade, whether that's uh, websites or photography or video, mm-hmm. um, that that'll help you out immensely with your own journey, but then you can also use that as a trade for other things. You know what I mean? Um, and you're bringing value. <laughs> yeah. You, you <laughs> I'm keep, keeping that, keep that counter going. Um, but it, 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 it um, yeah, it, it just it's 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 been the, the the one thing that's really helped me is is just collaborating with with other people and um, being able to reciprocate that by giving them value and whatever they need help with, you know. Yeah, and that and that gives a, another point too on on collaborating. You know, when we first enter the music scene, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that it's more of a competition. But once you start viewing things in the lens of collaboration, and you start seeing how everyone can build off each other mutually, yeah. You know, number one, it's a lot more fun because you get that sense of community and you get that sense of, oh, I belong here, you know, and, and this is a blast and I'm surrounded by other people that enjoy a lot of the same things as me. Um, but also, it really takes some of the uh, stress out of it because when you think of everything as a competition, you know, you almost feel like antagonistic towards other bands like, oh man, like everyone's out to like bury my music and it's never going to get anywhere because everyone's just going to like, you know, topple over me. And, and it's just a situation a you know uh, defeating mindset it doesn't help the other musicians in the scene and it certainly doesn't get your music you know out to other people but when you start collaborating you start finding ways to um you know like build shows with other bands and that gets you access to each other's fans and mm-hmm. you know things kind of grow from there and and jumping into video projects well now you're you're getting out on the internet more now you're you know finding ways that um, to to take your music into a whole new dimension that you couldn't have if you were just sitting there going like you know I gotta you know just you know I'm not gonna collaborate with anyone else you know there mm-hmm. what what if they let me down if you just you know try and build those connections and make some friends and have some fun with it you know it's it's a blast it it makes the whole thing so much cooler yeah and yeah. I I think though you know the because yes obviously this is a a collaborative endeavor you know through and through. So I think lesson number 10 would be, you know, fully embracing the sort of bartering of skill, 
You know, it, yeah. it doesn't always have to be sort of a dollar amount. You, you can trade things of equal value in, in terms of what you're able to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. And if you can, if you can find a way to be good at at least one component of like something that is part of the music scene, like whatever that is, recording, making videos, shooting photos, building websites, printing t-shirts, like, like any of that stuff, like is all valuable stuff. Um, so if you are a musician, it, it definitely helps to reconsider some of the, some of the trades out there that would directly benefit you. Yeah. When and I was, I, uh, you know, just merging into the scene with my, you know, hard rock band, Theica, I mean, you know, outside of our friends in Hamburg, when we started trying to play in the city. Nobody knew any of us and we didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. but I knew how to do sound. And one of the ways I got us some, you know, better gig opportunities where you know we we got to at least get in front of some audiences rather than you know paying into some like schemes and stuff like that that are out there that try to trap young musicians um you know i learned pretty quickly the hard way that um there's there's a big demand for for people that are like competent at doing sound and i had already experienced doing like musicals and stuff in school and like running sound Mm. for those and which are way more complicated than like a three-piece rock band so i started like trading out it's like all right you put us on this show with you know these other bands that are that are billing pretty well and you know get us some real exposure not some you know like vaporware but like actually like get us in front of some audiences that might like us with some bands that are in a similar vein and in exchange i'll do sound and work door for a handful of other shows and it really was it was a really nice deal because you know it and and it helped my you know my sound skills because i was keeping in practice with that because it's one of those things that you really got to keep up on if you don't do it for a few years you get kind of rusty so it was it was beneficial for all the parties involved you know they got you know free sound guys because sound guys can charge pretty good and at the same time you know we got better gigs and i got to keep my skills up to snuff so you know look for those opportunities to to you know take the skills you have or the skills that you're trying to get better at and and put them to use you know let them benefit others and also benefit your craft yeah it's like confucianism it's the 11 fold path that's lesson (laughs) number 11 all right so i think yeah right whipping that (laughs) um so we're we are about out of time so just to step away from the the pedagogy of of music industry uh, a simple question once this lockdown is lifted what venue are you going to go to and what drink are you going to order Um, that's a good question. You know, I don't, I don't go out too often. I don't, I don't drink too often, but I think after all this mess, I, I think, I think all of us need a good drink after, after this, but, um, I, uh, I really enjoyed, um, Riverworks, uh, when I was there for music as art. And that was a spot that I wasn't at. I, I, I hadn't seen it set up in there, uh, like it was with like the big stage and everything. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, once everything's lifted, I would I would definitely like to, to check out another show over there really with uh, with a captain and coke in hand. Ah, there we go. <laughs> so this has been our third eighth note session. I'm Devin Mullen. I'm Mike Shamil. And I'm Danny Crumbless. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you for, for coming on and uh, letting us pick your brain and, and share some of your experience. Yeah, I look forward to doing this again soon. Yeah. You betcha. We'll catch you next time. Take care, guys. Have a good night.
Here is an excerpt from Roxanne by Squeeze and Thanks. Don't forget to check out our artist music at squeezeandthanks.com. This has been produced by Music is Art. Thank you for listening.